0: Good evening.
1: Our top story tonight is the NFL Combine. It is in full swing, and today has been an eventful day for plenty of NFL prospects and future fantasy football stars. We will get into the winners and losers so far of the Combine, and we will also finish the show talking about Mike Evans as some news news kind of broke about him and his potential to join rejoin the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this offseason. So we are going to talk combine winners and losers. We had a great showing out of many receivers. We had some running backs that really boosted their stock. We had one running back in particular who looked awful. And we, it seems just as the combine is, we had a lot more winners and losers. And we'll talk about what to do with that because right now there's a lot of noise about everyone's favorite prospects. Not a lot of people are talking negatively. So we'll we'll talk about how to read the combine hype. If you're in the chat, you know, I've been a little tuned out as I've been moving for the past couple of days. So if you have a winner or a loser from the combine, hit me up in the chat, tell me why, and we'll talk about it. And it all starts now on Player Profiler Today. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Player Profiler Today. I am your Saturday host, Matt Babich. Happy to be here with you, even through the Uh, apartment that is just filled with boxes and and boxes and boxes as far as the eye can see. We're never we're not taking days off here at Player Profiler. Uh, I would I would have done this show from the moving truck if I had to, because it's it's not every day you get to host a new show on on Saturday of the NFL Combine Day. There's so much stuff happening. I I feel like I put together a, a pretty comprehensive show sheet for a half hour show and still left a lot of names off the list. So if you're in the chat, like I said before, hit me up with your combine winners and losers, and we'll talk about them. Uh, shout out Anthony in the chat, You know, one of player profilers, native viewers. And uh, yeah, we're we're going to talk about Xavier Worthy. Let's just start with Xavier Worthy because he pretty much just broke the 40-yard dash record. For the NFL Combine. So a 4-2-1, I believe, was the official time. I know the 4-2-2 was the unofficial on TV. But Xavier Worthy is who we thought he was. He is a speedster, a game-breaking playmaker. And as we all know, way back to the days of John Ross, that 4 40 will get you a lot of places in the NFL he is he is certainly boosted up his draft stock with that performance today i mean you look at the tape and it's very clear that he has a polished nfl ready repertoire as a route runner and a playmaker there are issues within his profile most specifically the concentration drops that have really nagged him throughout his career. But NFL franchises are going to be willing to look aside from that because of his game-breaking speed and because of the fact that he was posting 900-plus receiving yards as a freshman. This is one of the youngest breakout receivers in in the NFL combine right now, and he is sure to increase his draft stock simply from this 40-yard dash time. Xavier Worthy is an incredible player. He is my wide receiver six as of right now. He actually fell because of one of his teammates. So winner number one, it's flat out Xavier Worthy. Every time that, anytime that you can break the NFL combine record, you're the biggest winner. You're, You're the biggest winner out there. So Xavier Worthy is our top winner. And our number two winner is his Texas teammate, Adenai Mitchell. So let's talk a little bit about Adonai Mitchell. He's 6'2, 200 plus pounds, and he clocked in with a 4'3'5 40 yard dash. To put that into context, the only other receiver in NFL combine history to put up that time while being that frame, in that large frame, is DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf and Adonai Mitchell, the only two players within their frame that are able to run this fast. And that is incredible, especially because what was DK Metcalf's not coming out of college? We weren't sure about the ability or uh, the agility, the ability to cut in and out of routes. And that is one thing that Adonai Mitchell has down to a science. It shouldn't even be fair to be that fast at that frame and still be able to attack blind spots and cut in and out of routes as gracefully as Adonai Mitchell is able to. And the way he can toe tap, his body control in the boundaries is next to level. So Adonai Mitchell throughout this process kind of leapfrogged Xavier Worthy in my receiver rankings. I have have Adonai Mitchell at my receiver five, and him, and him and Xavier Worthy are just neck and neck for that fifth receiver spot. Tez Walker looked better than, than at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I quite honestly ha- did not really see anything on Tez Walker today, uh, but from I, I did see tweets that were, were talking very highly about Devontez Walker. Uh, he, he's a, a good prospect and he's he's on the lower side of the top 10 in my receiver rankings, but he is a prospect coming out of UNC that I, that I really do enjoy. Uh, he does all the little things right. He, you know, has, appears to have had a really good combine showing today. So, look, Tez Walker is another winner. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Wright, the RB winner of the day. Jalen Wright running a four three eight forty. In his first five yards, he hit fifteen point one eight miles per hour. And to put that into context, uh, this is per next gen stats. But to put that into context. That is faster than Devon A-Chain and Jameer Gibbs. So just lightning fast, you know, as Gus Johnson would say, "Break, get away from the cop speed that Jalen Wright has." He looks very smooth in his RB drills. He had an incredible Senior Bowl performance. So to put all of all of the hype that was surrounding Jalen, Jalen, I almost said Jalen Warren, Jalen Wright, after the Senior Bowl to put a combine together like this he should be within the first five running backs drafted. Uh, This running back class is very scattered and it's very play type dependent. And we can have the discussion about what his profile is going to look like for fantasy football at another time. But James Cook was drafted in the second round to the Buffalo Bills. And their metrics and measurables line up very similarly between those two. And from, a, from that perspective, would not be shocked if Jalen Wright is in the top three running backs drafted. We can't eliminate that possibility with what we've seen from these running backs. Uh, Jalen Wright is certainly going to be one of my most exposed players in fantasy because of his elite skill set. Wouldn't be shocked if he got a 10% target share at some point. In his NFL career. So it's gonna be very interesting to see where he lands. But NFL teams are definitely going to be higher on Jalen Wright after today than they were before. Shout out Anthony for just feeding me all this information, by the way. This is awesome. You're you're very clutch. Roman Wilson probably bumped up a tad too Um, uh, any detail on that? What uh what exactly you run a fast 40? Was it just the combine drills? Um feel free to offer some, offer some detail there is I, I actually haven't seen a a lick of information on Roman Wilson. It's kind of unfair doing this show while the combine's still going on too, but, but moving on to more winners, there's a lot of winners today, Troy Franklin. He was a winner, but he also had, you know, one really bad showing. No need to talk about. Oh, four, four for, for Roman Wilson. That's actually, that's faster than I was uh, assuming he was going to be. So that's definitely a win for Roman Wilson to be able to post that time. Uh, Troy Franklin, 39 inch vertical, 10 4 broad jump, 4 4 140. I mean, whew, this guy is athletic. This guy is athletic as all hell and a 9.33 real athletic score, RAS score, that's out of 10. That's ranked 206th out of over 3,000 receivers since 1997. So he is clearly very athletic and his measurables favored him that uh, there. But he weighed in at 176. Some people are going to care about that. If you tuned into the Dynasty Roundtable last Wednesday, you'll find out why I don't care about that. And it's because we're in a game that is evolved to emphasize technical ability rather than weight at the wide receiver department. But his gauntlet, if you haven't seen Troy Franklin's gauntlet, let me see if I can pull it up here. But Troy Franklin's gauntlet was just absolutely horrendous. I mean, he he couldn't run in a straight line. And it was just all around a bad showing. I'm I'm struggling to find the tape here on Twitter, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move past it. But you're supposed to run the gauntlet in a straight line. <laughs> and he looked like a drunk driver to where whoo, I mean, he's just serpentining throughout that gauntlet. And I don't know if this was, he just hasn't practiced this drill a lot and he's not necessarily used to it. This counteracts what I've seen on his film where Troy Franklin is very precise, very sharp, and he looked very sloppy in that drill. So my gut tells me that this is a preparation issue and not an ability issue, but again, these NFL franchises do put weight into what they see at the combine, and so if you weren't prepared to run that drill very well, how is that going to translate when it's time to learn an entire playbook, an entire set of new concepts? So that's a very bad sign for Troy Franklin, so he kind of started off as a winner, and then he got to the point where he did the combine drills, and he really fell off the map there. So, Troy Franklin, we're we're almost going to call him a loser today, uh, but his his measurables were incredible. So that's always something that, that NFL teams consider: what's this guy's potential? So they're going to take the film, they're going to take his measurables, and they're going to say, "We can teach him. We can teach him what we need to teach him." So it's going to be it's going to come down to the interviews for Troy Franklin. Uh, you know how he feels like how teams feel he'll mesh with the next level, learn new concepts. So Troy Franklin kind of in the middle there. As we keep working down our list of winners, we have Lad McConkey, a lot of receiver winners today, as we were expecting. This is an incredible receiving class. And so that's where we'll quick insert this advice on how to how to fade the noise here. We were expecting Troy Franklin to test well measurables wise. We were expecting Jalen Wright to test well, measurables-wise. We were expecting Ladd McConkey to test well, measurables-wise. So we can't just vault these people up their, up our rankings just because they had a good showing at the combine. We knew this. We can't double down on Jalen Wright now that we know for a fact that he's fast. We knew he was fast. So everyone's got their favorite prospects. and And here's the time in the season where... Everyone is positive about their favorite guys. That's all they wanted. They want to push out the positivity on their favorite guys. Cause that's their job as a content creator. They want you to be in on these guys before they hit it big. And so everyone's going to be talking positively. So you got to be able to understand that a lot of this is double counting. We, we knew a lot of these things that were going to happen beforehand, uh, and we'll get into a little more about that during the losers, but let's talk about Ladd McConkie. 4-4-340. So he was being comped to Cooper Cup, and he is significantly faster than Cooper Cup. I've seen some comps now that are that are putting him in the Emmanuel Sanders range of receivers. And honestly, I think I like it. So if you've been listening to the show, I think it might have been on my first episode of Player Profiler today on Saturday. It might have been on the Dynasty Roundtable podcast where I said, "Vlad McConkey, you know, I wasn't getting the hype. I wasn't seeing it. And I let it marinate. I, I listened to a lot of very sharp viewpoints, did some more film research, and I'm and I'm in. I can tell you now that I'm in on Vlad McConkey, and the good thing about taking this time to really be sure about these prospects or sure as we can be." So there's no penalty for not liking not liking Lad McConkey two weeks ago. The important thing is we're in before the draft starts on these guys. So I'm in on Lad McConkey. His his gauntlet drill was impeccable, one of the best in the class. He's one of the sharpest receivers in the draft. And yeah, as Anthony's saying in the chat, he is silky smooth, and he's going to push to be a second round prospect. In my mind, he should be. He's gonna be one of those guys that goes at the top to middle of the second round and he's gonna go likely to a situation that's very beneficial for him. Now, I know Tennessee's not like the best offense out there, but imagine if Tennessee took Lad McConkey to essentially get a Kyle Phillips that's that's better at football and what if they went out and signed Marquise Brown and we're looking at a DeAndre Hopkins Marquise Brown Lad McConkey receiving core in Tennessee with Will Levis. That could be nasty. So Ladd McConkey, I'm in on him. He looked very, very good today. He's shining in interviews and pressers. So it seems like Ladd McConkey is just going to be a guy that sticks at the next level and and it's time to time to accept that. Our last winner here is going to be Romo Dunes. 44540, 92nd percentile vertical. 6'3", 2'12", for his frame. This is the perfect speed for his size. And we see him in the combine drills. We've seen his film. He's very precise. And what we've seen today simply confirms what the consensus thought before that Romo Dunes is a top three receiver in this class. He's wide receiver three. It's It's whoever you want between Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. I know that debate's going around. And then it's Romo Dunes. You can't have Troy Franklin at three after today. You simply can't. I don't think you can push Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy past Romo Dunes, but I am willing to hear the argument for Adonai Mitchell. I'm willing to hear the argument for Adonai Mitchell as wide receiver three. I want to tell you that right now. Adonai Mitchell, we can look back and say, man, he was the value of drafts, so I am. I, I'm taking this moment right now, unscripted, to to plant my flag on Adonai Mitchell, and say that he is going to be the steal of rookie drafts because you're probably going to get him at wide receiver five or six. And the reality is, he is closer to Romo Dunes than he is Javon Baker, wide receiver seven through ten. So Adonai Mitchell, again, I'm just going to say it again: one of the biggest winners today. And Romo Dunes, essentially, again, like we, we were expecting Rome to test well today. So not going to get not going to get all crazy about what he's done today. But it's very important as a prospect that you live up to these expectations, because when you don't, you land in the loser list. And so before we go and talk about our losers, let's kick it to the father to talk a little bit about data analysis tool on playerprofiler.com.
0: All right, I want to take a moment today to talk to you about data analysis. The data analysis tool, we listen to the users, what do you want, what do you need, and we made it happen. We added popular reports, like a fantasy scoring report, air yards report, and if you want to create a new report, but you don't necessarily want to look through every field, we have quick results. Hey, show me the most popular passing data, show me the most popular rushing data, fantasy data, done. And the thing just is much faster than it's ever been. And the report builder got a lot easier. I mean, check this out. We break it down into offense, defense. Show me just fantasy data elements. And then when you get results, hey, show me by draft year. Let's take a look at just certain players that played a certain number of snaps or a certain number of games last year. This is the tool that so many of you have been asking for, plus a bunch of dream features that Billy wanted and Cody wanted and I wanted and Dario wanted So go to the Fantasy Tools section, click on Data Analysis, or go to playerprofiler.com slash data dash analysis.
1: We are back with Player Profiler today. I am your host for the Saturday slate, Matt Babich. Go check out the Data Analysis tool on playerprofiler.com. We completely revamped it last summer, and it is truly, truly incredible. So, So go there now, try it out. And we are now going to kick it to our combine losers as we get ready to, to kind of round out this show. And the biggest one, unequivocally, is Keon Coleman. <laughs> Keon Coleman ran a 4 6 and this is a player who was someone we expected to run fast. So again, this is the importance of, of living up to expectations at the NFL combine ran at four six one forty, but then what did he do? He also ran the fastest gauntlet out of all receivers, both in top speed and, and, you know, time to completion. So he goes on one and he runs one of the slowest forties we've seen out of this receiver class. And then he runs the fastest gauntlet. And so what does that tell us? The 40-yard dash is not necessarily something every receiver is going to be good at because of the starting stance. They're getting down into a sprinter stance, and we've seen guys who run side to side, can't necessarily get that straight line. We've seen guys that pull up too early and and don't necessarily reach their top speed very quickly. The 40-yard dash is a very technical drill, and a guy like Xavier Worthy, who's clearly been a sprinter at some point in his life, has that down. A guy like Keon Coleman doesn't have it down. So we call it a wash, right? We expected Keon Coleman to be pretty fast. He disappoints in the 40 yard dash, but he runs the fastest gauntlet. So we're going to call that a wash, but it doesn't matter to NFL GMs and NFL front offices. They're going to see the 46140 and go, eh. not every program is caught up with these RAS scores and, and on field speeds. And they look at the 40. I'm gonna say 461 P U. This guy's not that fast. He's definitely not dynamic. And he he proves what I have said about him all along, which is this is a one-dimensional player. Yeah, he's really good at that one dimension, but Keon Coleman reminds me so, so much of one of my favorite receivers coming out of the draft in 2020. Brian Edwards and go look at the metrics. Now, Brian Edwards ran a faster 40, I believe, but we're talking about from college metrics all the way through to the speed scores and the height and weight, they mirror each other. And Brian Edwards was a guy who wasn't running breaking routes. He was running down the field and just mossing people. And that's what Keon Coleman did. Yeah, you're good at that in college that does not mean you're gonna be good at that in the NFL. And so without that dynamism, I'm simply out on Keon Coleman. Yeah, four, five, three from Brian Edwards. And if I didn't watch Keon Coleman's 40, but I would assume that that's probably closer to the time that we're working with. And that's my comp, that's my comp for Keon Coleman. It's Brian Edwards and it's a death sentence. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't, but it is. So Keon Coleman's our biggest loser. Our second biggest loser is a running back out of Notre Dame, Audric Estime. Whew. I mean, this guy was basically crawling the 40-yard dash, four seven one. one We knew he was going to be slow. So again, can't necessarily double count it, but we didn't expect him to be this slow. Didn't expect him to be that slow. He did have a 90th percentile vertical and broad jump, but those are receiver metrics. Those are not running back metrics. Uh, you, you go and you run the numbers, you look at combine or athleticism metrics that are predictive of fantasy football success. The broad jump and the vertical leap are not in there for running backs. We're talking we're talking their speed score. That's one of the most predictive metrics, but so is the BMI. You know you, you got to be a, a bigger, stouter person to be able to handle the workload of a running back. and Anthony's completely right again. He did not look like a pass catcher at all either. So he's a one-dimensional bruiser back without a lot of speed. You can't be, if you have Jalen Wright below Audric Estime right now, you are doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You can't have that. You can't have that after what we know about these prospects. So Audrick Estime is another big loser. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy who fell to day three, a fourth round draft pick, maybe even later, depending on how how things shake out but he's certainly not in the top five running backs right now he looked good on on his film but some of these measurables are just screaming red flags for the next level and finally our, our our third and final loser stay tuned for this one because i've talked about him it before it's jj mccarthy it is jj mccarthy I don't care if he's mature, all right? I don't care if he's mature answering questions. I don't care if people like him. He's not that good. Now, because there's such a strong take lock in the consensus right now, you're not going to see a lot of videos of his bad throws. But there have been some bad throws. You can see a couple of tweets just from player uh, player profiler Twitter of him sailing a go route, under-throwing a go route, like in like a Tua fashion where the receiver had to slow down to a near stop to catch the ball. It's not going to work in the NFL. Don't don't even think for a second that it is. He looked sharp on the slants and digs. He should because he's an NFL, future NFL quarterback going routes on air. If he If he struggles with digs and slants, I'd have even more bad things to say about him right now. Uh, And then there was a a corner route that he completely sailed. I'm going to tell you this right now. There are people saying that that was a receiver's fault with the route. Inspect it very closely. The receiver was exactly where he needed to be, and the ball was sailed. The take lock on J.J. McCarthy is starting to piss me off. We got to just admit that he might not be the guy we thought he was. He's an early second-round talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not a first round talent. He's not a fucking top 15 pick. It's not in the cards. He might get drafted there. He will be one of the bigger busts because he's just an average guy. Here's a a tweet that I really wanna show that really just demonstrates what I'm talking about here. I'm going to here to pull it up and we should see it on the screen. Perfect. So the headline, J.J. McCarthy struggling to connect on go balls on air, which tracks. Look at this chart. Oh, I thought he was this hyper-efficient, hyper-productive quarterback. I thought we have people saying that he's the next John Elway, that John Elway is a legitimate comp to J.J. McCarthy. Look at this chart and tell me he's a comp for John Elway. Get out of here. He has one green route concept, and that's the screen pass. Everything else is either intermediate or poor. And I'll tell you what, the nine, the out, and the comeback are three very, very important routes to be able to succeed on in the NFL. Mac Jones, not a guy who's good at out routes. Have you seen a lot of pick sixes from Mac Jones? Yeah, they're on out routes because he can't throw. That's a problem. Now, I just, uh, he leaves me speechless sometimes. The take lock on this guy just leaves me speechless sometimes. I don't understand how the people are thinking that this is a bulletproof, first round, top 15 talent. I simply won't agree. I'll never agree (laughs) unless he comes out and he be we are putting such high expectations on JJ McCarthy we're almost pushing him to be a bust like this is a guy who should be a second round pick go to a team where he might get a little bit of time to learn and then he he could be a very successful quarterback like a, like a, a souped up Alex Smith he could be good once we start pushing him to the top 15 we're in trouble Because there's a lot of expectations there. We really sure that this is a guy who could start day one for the Minnesota Vikings or the Atlanta Falcons? Oh my God, no, no chance. He cannot do it. He won't do it. And it's the NFL's fault for what what they're about to do to him. He's on a Daniel Jones-esque run where the expect he's going to jump the shark with expectations and it's going to ruin his career. Whereas a guy like Will Levis, who was, remember, pumped up in a very similar fashion. Will Levis was drafted later, has that benefit of the doubt. J.J. McCarthy is not going to get that benefit of the doubt if he's drafted in the top, in the first round or or in the top 15 picks. So we've gone through our winners and losers. I want to end the show with with this. Do you think that J.J. McCarthy is capable of leading a team competently to the playoffs or further any success whatsoever? Do you think J.J. McCarthy is capable of starting right away for an NFL franchise?
0: From the Podfather to you, I deeply appreciate you tuning in. And many ask, what can I do? What can I do to help support the hosts, the research they do, the production costs? Go to playerprofiler.com, Dynasty Deluxe, World Famous Draft Kit, Rankings, DFS Dominator, and of course, Data Analysis. Subscribe to any one of those and you support all of us and take Player Profiler to the moon.